Chapter 13 Ilse got off her bed and looked out the window. She had repeated this routine for what she guessed was a few days. The house servants knocked politely on the door, brought them food, and left without a word. They ate their fill and slept or lounged around. Ilse felt more exhausted from the extra sleep rather than rejuvenated. She looked out the window and each day was just as lovely and bright. She finally decided that she was done with resting and walked out of the room barefoot. She left everything except her mother's book stuffed in the back of her trousers. It was a fairly short trip back to the room full of books. The books must have been old, but they hardly looked dusty. The shelves appeared freshly stocked. Glad to see you again, Ladala said from behind. It appears as if you've caught us on a short break. It's not a problem, Ilse answered, turning, trying to pretend that she wasn't incredibly alarmed by Ladala's sudden entrance. I'm hoping you found something for us. She glanced over to Ladala and noticed her clothes. She had apparently changed into a simple cream cotton gown with a brown vest laced over her chest. And I hoped I would find you here, Ladala smiled. I thought you and Reshma would take advantage of the quiet to sleep, but... We still need to talk, Ilse said, running a finger over her ring absentmindedly. That we do, Ladala said. Ilse stood in silence and realized that Ladala was waiting for her to continue. What kind of help do you need from me? She said, her fists tight. What can I do that you can't? Since you have a rare gift, you can give people hope, Ladala said. She motioned for the both of them to take a seat. They sat again on the long couch in the middle of the room, and Ilse took her place. If the people see that someone can match the Ilderim in power, they will rally and unite. They need to see that hope isn't lost. Why is this even your concern? Ilse said. Why are you asking for my help when your people are safe? You could live here forever and be happy. Because I choose to defend our walls, Ladala said. We had quite the scare yesterday. One soldier almost made it through. It's the closest they've come yet. Ilse's heart pounded at the thought of their sudden intrusion. She didn't like sleeping when she could be figuring things out, but if the Ilderims came again, she wouldn't have another peaceful rest for a long time. But I see the future with optimism, and luckily, the elves here trust me, Ladala said. We could watch the whole world burn around us, but that wouldn't make us happy. Eventually, whatever was left would turn against us. So, Ilse said quietly, if I'm to act like some unifier, then what do I do exactly? Send them to your gates? You will tell your story to leaders and countrymen alike, Ladala said. You can tell them that if they want to help against the Ilderims, they can come see me. When they are desperate enough, they will want powerful friends like us to save their people from whatever the Ilderims want. Would we have to fight? Yes, Ladala replied. I can't guarantee anything except we will help you stay as safe as possible. But we can't fight. We just can't. And now if we go home or if we stay to help, we'll die, Ilse said. She looked out the window and wearily added, What would life be like if the Ilderims never attacked? You would still be under the belief that the wall could keep you in, Ladala said gently. Ilse nodded, knowing the elf was right in that sense. She sniffed back the tears as she put her head in her hands. Do you know how to fight? Ilse asked quietly. Have you killed people before? Yes, Ladala said. But we have the finest teachers. They know every weapon ever made and know a thing or two about conflict. Have them teach us, Ilse said. We need to know. 
You can stay and learn, Ladala said, but I'm afraid that we all need to brush up. Our men and women on the border are predicting an ambush based on the rate and passion with which the Hilderims are attacking our borders. Ilse nodded, looking up from her lap. I suppose that means I will help you, she found herself saying. I will help spread the word. I have something for you, Ladala murmured as she rose from her spot. She made her way towards the bookshelf. The room itself curved like a large egg, and the bookshelf began its curve right by the double doors. She took a book from the shelf in an arbitrary place and brought it to Ilse's side. You're giving me a book? Ilse questioned, glancing at the book. I'm gifting what's inside, Ladala answered. She flipped it open. Inside, there was a hole carved from the pages all the way down to the cover on the other end. It was a thick book. As Ilse glanced inside, she could see another ring sitting in there. You're the only one here who can touch it, so I will ask you to pull it out if that's all right, Ladala said, holding the book open patiently. Ilse stuck her finger inside the hole and pulled the ring out. It was a bright silvery shine and Ilse held it up for closer inspection. Ilse wanted to laugh. Why keep it here in a book? We weren't sure what to do with it, Ladala confessed. It ate through a lot of other options. At the time, it was a safe place and it has worked for us. Ilse put the silver ring on her middle finger since the width suggested that it would fit there best. She felt a sudden rush that hit her like the roll of a drum. She was taken over and she felt a strange feeling creeping up her spine and erupting in her brain. She felt so overwhelmed, yet so strong. She closed her eyes. When she thought it wouldn't ever stop, it slowly died down. She breathed slowly, trying to calm her excited heart. She opened her eyes and faced Ladala, who smiled. Are you all right? Ladala asked, putting cautious hands on Ilse's shoulders. You look like it took your breathing air from you. I just feel really strong, Ilse said in a tone she hardly recognized as her own. Sounds like it was good that I remembered where I put that thing, Ladala chuckled. Thank you, milady, Ilse murmured, still in awe in spite of herself. Thank you. I must ask you why these rings are even here, and why they help me, but no one else. I know little of them, Ladala began, but I have fortunately come across some materials that helped me remember the story. Story? Ilse repeated. Every good relic has its legend, Ladala smiled. Swift belongs in a class of magic once called the powers of the elite. Whole tribes of people possessed swift, understanding, fortune, and entice. Each individual tribe had their own individual powers, and no one possessed more than one. These tribes had much more power than you do now. They all lived away from the rest of civilization. They all lived in relative harmony. A young boy from one of the tribes found two rings while playing in the mountains. He brought them to his tribal leader. Everyone was astonished by their power. It amplified their gifts beyond imagination. However, each tribe wanted the rings for themselves. They went into a long and bloody battle all over a pair of rings. As it turns out, the people were decimated and only a small number survived. Weary of battle, the few decided that they would leave the troublesome trinkets in the forest and vowed never to gaze upon them ever again. They kept that promise. Eons later, we found one of them within the elven realm. Because of their power, I forbade anyone to touch them. They are quite strong together, so we sent one of the rings as far as we could into the forest, and kept the other in this book. It broke the strong bond they shared when near to each other. 
The day the ring finally moved from the forest ground was the day you found it yourself. Since you already had Swift, the rings readily respond to you. Otherwise, you would have been burned just like the rest of us. So my mother is... a descendant from one of those tribes? Ilse asked. Is this what I'm to believe? The idea intrigued her. It seems as that could be the only way. The few who survived the war decided to separate and wander into civilizations that knew little about them. Where they really went is lost in history. These powers give the wielder the ability to leap through barriers like you have already done. It takes a lot to create them, though, Ladala said. It encourages my suspicions that the leader of the Yildirims must have one of these powers. Otherwise, how could they come into Ravenna? Ilse said, finishing the thought. Ladala nodded her agreement. Ilse wondered if the leader himself came or not. It made her cringe. So they could come in, Ilse said. I came in, and they're on the brink of breaking in, too. We are preparing a massive attack for whenever disaster strikes. The rest of us will have to find a new place to live if it comes to that. How awful, Ilse said. This was no longer a safe haven. Instead, it seemed a disastrous slaughter waiting to happen. This is why you can step in to help, Ladala said. How can we compare to a leader who potentially have one of the powers of the elite? Do you even know why they are like this? Why they're attacking? Any soldier we capture gives us useless information, Ladala sighed. They literally don't know what they're doing. Once their amulets are broken from their necks, it's like they're totally different people. The oddest thing. That's what Sebra has said. She's been tasked with finding them and interrogating them, Ilse said. I guess we had better get learning. We can help with what we know, but we need help ourselves. The three of us will start meeting more often, Ladala said. I can afford to give you more guidance on where to go from here. Maybe we can sneak you safely off before they finally breach us. I have a feeling Reshma is way more excited to swing a sword, Ilse said. She makes for a fiercely loyal ally.